0: Love, talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Coach's Corner, where we talk with coaches and other people who touch, move, inspire, and motivate people to action. Listeners will learn about coaching and the many coaching niches, and have an opportunity to ask questions of the many wonderful coaches who are my guests. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz from Ingenuity Coaching. My mission is to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams and to coach you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at www.myfuturecoach.com and follow me on Twitter at twitter.com coachandrew. We want your calls. So if you're listening live and you want to call in with a question, the phone number is 646-929-2893. Again, that's 646 929 two eight nine three we also have a live chat room right on the show page and you can post your questions there my guest tonight is jennifer Wilkoff. jennifer Wilkoff is known as the make it happen girl with nearly two decades of strategic planning and business development experience in corporate america and real life business ownership as a serial entrepreneur she knows how to take any project from where it is to where you want it to be through proper planning effective networking and sound marketing strategies that work. Jennifer, are you with us?
1: Hi, Andrew. I am. I'm happy to be here.
0: I'm happy to have you here, Jennifer. So, first of all, I want to hear about the Make It Happen program. I've actually taken a look at that, and that's one of the reasons I wanted you on my show tonight, but I'd like you to share some of that with our listeners.
1: Well, I'm really excited about this program, and one of the things that Uh, actually generated the Make It Happen program is from clients that I've worked with in the past where they said, you're really the Make It Happen girl. You're the type of person that we always come to who can always figure out how to make something happen in my business, with a project that I have, with a book idea that I have. And if I want to take my career in another direction, I always want to know what your suggestions are. So you're the person who can make it happen. And then uh, another friend of mine who is also a client said, why don't you just make a program and offer it to elite people that want really this type of one-on-one accelerated coaching? And I said, well, okay, I, I can probably take what I've done with other people and let people know that I'm able to do this for them. So one of the things that... I did was I described, and you can go to MakeItHappenProgram.com. You actually can see there are certain people. It's not that business people are not really intelligent about their business. Most people know what the business is that they're passionate about, Andrew, but oftentimes they get stuck. They get stuck with something, and they need somebody who can point them in the right direction, whether it's what to do or getting off their dust to do it when they know what to do, or they may actually need somebody that they need to be accountable to in that area, or they may need contacts in that area that they actually don't have access to right now, or they need to figure out how to mine their own networking opportunities and people that they know so that they can get into that area that they want to take their career to. So all of those types of challenges that tend to get people a little bit stuck, or a little bit stalled with what it is that they want to do, the Make It Happen program gets you unstuck and takes you in the right direction so that you can quickly convert and transition into the area and the career that you want to be in. And I really love doing this, Andrew. This is something where you can really get to the highest and best activities that you should be doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like for a lot of us, We oftentimes have a whole bunch of things on our plate for the day, right? There are people you need to talk to personally. There are things that you need to do for yourself, for your family, for someone that you know. And there are things that you need to do for your business. In some cases, people may be crossing over from corporate America into becoming an entrepreneur and a business owner for the first time. And like in this economy, this is the type of economy where entrepreneurs are born, You know, and some of the greatest businesses were born in some of the worst economic times. But what happens is a lot of people get stuck trying to make that leap, and that's the kind of thing where choosing the highest and best activities for you to do in a day really make a big difference and enable you to get to where you want to be faster. Mm -hmm. And another approach that people have trouble with is oftentimes they have difficulties being accountable and responsible to themselves. So when they actually have somebody else that they have to be accountable to, just with the actions that they're doing and the efforts that they're making for what it is that they want to do, it raises that level of accountability personally to yourself because now you have to talk to somebody else about it. Sure. So, you know, it makes you more aware of whether you're doing it or not.
0: So it sounds like that you do a combination of coaching, you know, traditional kinds of coaching and hands-on business mentorship. Would that be correct?
1: That's correct. And one of the things that often comes into play with with the type of coaching and the type of really direction that I provide is I tend to, be a little bit less conservative and conventional and a lot more innovative and creative. Because to me, being able to think without limitations and and without conventional thinking as the only way that it must be done really doesn't necessarily work for every single business. Each business really is an animal unto itself that really has its own nature and its own natural path to success. So, like, for example, if you try and take something that's super creative and make it use strategies that are for something highly analytical, you can really blow up pretty quickly because it's not the same business. Mm
0: -hmm. It it doesn't
1: work the same way. So, like, you may go to a class, like I hear this oftentimes from people as well, they'll go to a class and they'll go to a seminar and they'll listen to these strategies and they'll be like, oh, that's got to be the answer for me and they will leave that session and they'll go home and they'll execute everything that they heard and then it blows up for them. And then they end up in my, in, in my call, in my program, in my, you know, everything that I have, asking me, why didn't this work? And what you have to realize as an entrepreneur is you're the person that knows your business the best, just its nature and the behavior of the people that, that you want to serve. So your business has to be able to reach those people, in other words, that market so you can serve them. And at the same time, it has to be able to do it in a way that's natural for you to reach them so that you can talk to them in the language that they understand. You're not going to talk to people who want an architecture service the same way that you're going to talk to somebody that wants a photography service you know it's it's a totally different approach and there are different people that you can align with and different efforts and actions that you would be taking to make these different types of businesses grow and take off and so oftentimes people will say you must do this there are certain foundational activities that must be part of your business i absolutely agree with that and encourage every business owner to make sure that they have those foundational pieces in place. When it comes to especially the marketing and promotion and town criership, if you will, that I like to call it for your business, Mm -hmm. you have to have a really strong strategy to be able to take that business, project, book, business out into the marketplace in a really powerful way. And that, Andrew, is where I find most people really get stuck. They start stumbling and they... They can create a really solid business, but then nobody knows about it. They become their best-kept secret.
0: <laughs> I hear you. Um, you have had a, a rather diverse background, so I'm, I'm wondering about some of the things that came into place to create you as who you are as a coach who helps people get their businesses going.
1: Well, I really, I really love being able to explain that this is my ninth career. Okay. And I have never been fired from a position that I've been in. I've always left based on usually philosophical differences or new interests that I had. And for me, I've worked in a lot of different industries and had exposure to a lot of different types of businesses. I'm the person that worked both in corporate America and left corporate America to create entrepreneurial businesses and have done it successfully. I've done things that are creative. I've also done things that are analytical. So I'm what people refer to as a hybrid thinker. And I understand both types of people that come to me to work with me because I really enjoy being able to help them in a way that they understand easiest. And that's really fun for me. For me, I have 20 years of strategic planning and business development where I've worked with some of the top Fortune 500 companies in their individual industries, and really enjoy being able to take people who are in their own business really to the same levels of success that I've been able to do for them. Like, for example, for me, I mean, when I, when I came out of college, I had degrees in advertising and marketing, and I, I loved being able to work in that field and have been able to leverage that. And I've been able to work in all the different industries that take advantage of that. I started out in the communications field working for a national network, one of the big three, on an online, it was an on-air late-night promotional writing and producing team. So all of those ads that you see during prime time, we would write and produce during the day, every day, for all the shows that came on late-night television. That was where I started. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I loved doing that and really understood the promotional industry from that really unique standpoint of being able to create something that in 30 seconds or in some cases in 10 seconds could really get somebody's attention and communicate something that got them interested in what was going to happen later. So they would tune in. And I also have been able to work with some of the largest companies like Liz Claiborne, American Express, Revlon, those types of companies and being able to work with them on such a high level of taking their business and bottom line to the next level for them to be able to understand who their customer is, how to sell to them, and how to reach them and market to them in unique and creative ways so that they would actually be aware, like I mentioned the town crier thing, that their company exists and also how they could benefit from what that company provides. created go-to-market strategies for companies like that for products that they've introduced into the marketplace. And I've had a really good time. I mean, one of the things, Andrew, that I know you're aware of, and I know there are a lot of coaches who are aware of it, is that one of the things that can't get lost in the mix is you've got to have fun with whatever it is that you're doing. It really has to be something that you enjoy. I mean, entrepreneurship is a labor of love. It's something where literally your passion supersedes everything so that you're able to run a sound business that's based on something that you want to seriously provide for somebody else. And it's this level of service and being of service to other people that really makes such a huge difference. And that's a part of what I help and support a lot of the clients that I work with who get stuck, is I oftentimes remind them for themselves, why are you doing this? Because if it's not something that you're going to enjoy, you really need to be thinking about doing something else.
0: <laughs> so would you say then that the 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 product or service or the direction, of the particular business that somebody's going in, it's not just the 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 thrill of starting a business or building something, but it's is it does a passion need to be related specifically to the product or service.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because from the standpoint, like, I talked to a company today. It's a perfect example. And one of the things that we talked about was the genesis of their business. And it really came very naturally out of the passion of the person who started it. And for them, they're at a, they're at a point where they're stuck and they know that they need to take their marketing efforts, in this case, to the next level, and, what they, and they're already burning the candle at both ends with the people that they already have in the business. So they were looking for how, how are we going to take this passion that we have in this already well-organized company that's providing service at the maximum capacity that they can now, how can they take that to the next level and expand in a way that makes the best sense for them and continue to market their business in a way that they can do it effectively and efficiently. And so, like, to me, that's really sound. I'm so excited to have them as a client because, for me, they match the model of the clients that I really enjoy working with who has that just innate passion for what it is that they're doing, and they'll find a way to provide the service that they're, that they're giving their clients and they're willing to take the steps as an entrepreneur to make it available to more people. You know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, one of the things that we find is that what we do provides a lot of value to other people. I mean, I, I got to tell you, Andrew, I get fascinated looking at the marketplace with people who have done really phenomenal things just because of doing what they love to help other people support their lives and their interests. And when you start to look at the marketplace that way, you really can do it, and you'll be able to do it in a way that comes from the love of what you're doing. And you'll figure out which things to delegate, and you'll understand why you don't do them yourself if you don't enjoy them. And you'll also figure out the things that you should be spending your time on, that idea of highest and best activities that I mentioned. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you do up to five of those a day, then you'll really be accelerating what's happening in your business and growing your business, whether you're a startup, whether you've been in business for two years. We both know the statistics about companies that fail within a certain period of time as an entrepreneurial business. A lot of that comes from a lack of knowledge and understanding of what to do when in your business so that, A, you don't burn out, and b you're doing it in a way where it's still fun for you after two years, where it's still fun for you after four years.
0: What would you do with somebody who who got off uh maybe not in the in the the business that matches their passion, but they got somewhat vested in it?
1: It's a great question because for a lot of people that gets i'll call it stuck in that in that situation. One of the things to consider is whether or not there's a way that you can sell your business to somebody who is passionate about it. And it's something where, from my perspective, it really is a heart-to-heart with yourself is the place that the person would need to start to say, you know what, I'm actually not giving these people the service that they need and that I would want if I was in their shoes. I would want to be able to work with someone who's excited and who understands and is passionate about providing the service that they give me because that's the ingredients that my business really deserves. So from the standpoint of where to start, the first thing is to really have a heart to heart and be honest with yourself as to the point where you're finding yourself and saying, you know what, I really just don't want to do this anymore. And... The next piece of the puzzle, which I always tell business owners who come to me with this particular situation, understand your own financial needs before you do anything. Whether Maybe. you have a family or what do you have a family or whether you are on your own, what you really need to understand at a core level, and oftentimes I ask this question and people say, "What are you talking about?" And I'll say, do you know your monthly expenses for you to survive? What are your bills? What do you need to make in this particular month in order for you to live your lifestyle, keep the roof over your head, feed yourself, and make it possible for you to live? And I said, then you've got to go back to basics. And before you do anything with that business, you have to have a, a core understanding of that for yourself. Because you're going to make a business transition of some kind. Whether you close your business, whether you sell your business, whether you decide to keep your business open and do some kind of a lease buyout with someone who comes in and works for you, anything that you choose to do as far as the path for your business from that point forward, the number one thing that you have to make sure is that you know that you yourself are going to be okay. You're going to have a roof over your head and you're going to be able to eat. Even though these sound like very basic things and, you know, the listeners to this program may be thinking to themselves, really? (laughs) Let me tell you, I I know so many business owners who say, you know what, I really don't like this. I'm going to close this business and I'm going to start something else. And I say, that's great. So what are you going to do for income, like in between? (laughs) you know, where this business closes and the other one takes off. So how are you going to go to Starbucks and get that coffee with what?
0: You're going to have to ask the guy outside Starbucks for a Starbucks card. That's how.
1: (laughs) You know, I mean, from from my standpoint, and most people know this when they – talk to me for a few minutes, and I'm sure everyone will know it after they listen to the show, I'm very frank and I'm really direct because, you know, things that people live through really make them who they are. And one of the things that I see with so many business owners is that I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot of different things. I've been through different careers and different personal experiences. And the one thing that I know for certain is that when you have a solid foundation, and you are able to keep your feet underneath the rest of you and your life, you are able to do things that most people can't imagine. And when you're able to push through, and I really love your show, Andrew, because it really does provide the inspiration and the understanding of entrepreneurial thinking and business owners to be able to understand that whatever it is that they're going through and wherever it is that they're stuck I promise you that there is definitely a way that you can get unstuck and you can move forward and be able to provide meaningful services to people who want what it is that you have and that you're passionate about giving.
0: Awesome. And actually, you are you you were making me think of something I really wanted to ask you. I know you've had some significant trials and tribulations, shall we say, that might have defeated, uh, it certainly would have defeated a lot of people. Might have just gone, gone and go home, taking their marbles. <laughs> and and you're you're really back in the game right away, and um, it's really really uh, inspiring to me to to see what you're up to. So I'd like to know where do you draw your strength from? Your strength from?
1: You know, it for me, I have such a deep faith in myself, in a higher power, and being able to know with patience and a lot of gratitude that everything is going to work out the way that it's supposed to. And there really is a reason why something is happening. The best part for me is that I have let go of having to understand why it's happening right now. And I think for me, that's been one of my strongest points is that willingness to let go and say, you know what, whatever it is that's happening, first and foremost, the number one thing I always tell myself, Andrew, is whatever it is, I'm going to be okay. I, that's the first thing I tell myself, is whatever's happening, I'm going to be okay. And when I know that, I'm able to approach what's going on from a much calmer and a much more intelligent way, emotionally, because I'm able to think straight and make those choices about the highest and best activities and actions that I should be taking in that situation. And when I do that, and part of my message is always that anybody can do anything in any situation, circumstance, and condition. Let me tell you, as, as you know from, from my own experiences, one of the things that I'm certain of is that when you make those, and I call them intelligent choices, and it's all about choice, then you're really making a difference as far as how you're going to experience something, whether it's disappointing or exhilarating, mm-hmm. and how you're going to spend your absolute assets. And the absolute assets that I'm talking about are time, energy, energy, and resources that you have such as money, people that you know, other people, other businesses that can support you and help you. And when you actually are aware first and foremost of the absolute assets that you have, then it becomes about choice. How are you gonna spend them? So I'll give you a quick example. If you get caught up in, in the fear that you have or in the worry energy or things of that nature, Whatever you choose to do at that moment, you're going to spend the energy and the time that you have. And the time and energy are two absolute assets that you can't get back once you've spent them. They're gone. So, like, a good example of that is when people say, well, you have 24 hours in a day. You can't get any more time than 24 hours because that's not something that you can generate. But you can get more out of the time that you spend. So it's things like that where in that same time, instead of worrying or getting paralyzed by your fear, you can take up to five actions that will, that will take you the step forward to that which it is that you really want or want to accomplish. So even if they're small things like a phone call, like going to a meeting, looking something up on the internet, those are forward steps which I always like to equate it to Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz when she starts going down the Yellow Brick Road. Her goal is to get to the Emerald City. But what she had to do was she had to walk down the Yellow Brick Road. If she didn't walk down the Yellow Brick Road, she'd still be in Munchkinland. She wouldn't have gone anywhere. And it's the same thing for any entrepreneur. If you really want to get to whatever it is that you want, you're going to have to move forward. You're going to have to take that step. If it takes you a week to make that step or if it takes you a minute to make that step, you're still going to have to take it, and you may expend a lot of time and energy, these absolute assets, taking you away from what it is that you want instead of just going for it. Going for it is so much easier, and it really is a lot more fun. And even though you may not feel like you have any net beneath you, it really is the only way that you're going to get there is to take it
0: now you, you when you were in the middle of some of this stuff, did were you, were you feeling as centered as you sound right now, or were you? How did you get through it then? Or, you know what I'm saying?
1: I do. I mean, you know, here I was. I was in a situation where I had been completely duped by people who were supposed to be doing business in a professional way. It really shook me down to my core because it. it scared me about people who just don't do business honestly. And here I am, I'm a person who's honest and has integrity in everything that I do and just absolutely got scammed and really felt horrible about the other people that were also duped and scammed. And at the same time, the whole family was impacted. So here I am, and then I have um, this, you know, government agency that is just treating me horribly, and it's something that I'm supposed to trust, and I have a, and I have an attorney who's misrepresenting me and basically selling me out. So here I am in this situation, right, where everything essentially is falling down around me, and they're, they're doing their best to make me homeless and broke. <laughs> and so to answer your question, you know, for me, I actually had a friend of mine who during this situation... I was still doing my best to serve other people and and actually provide them with guidance and service that they were looking for from me. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends, who actually um, is also one of my clients, said to me, I just don't get it. He said, I could never endure what you're going through. He said, and here you are, you on the phone, and you're helping me. He said, and you're so positive. He said, how can you do that? He said, you, you got to write down what you're doing to keep your head on straight so I can understand how to do that myself. He said, I have situations that knock me off my block. He said, and they compare nothing to what you're going through. He said, you know, but this is remarkable what you're able to do. And from the standpoint of really being able to be foundationally sound, I can tell you that there were times I'm I'm human like everyone else where I was I would sit there and I was just mind boggled saying I can't believe this is happening and how am I going to handle it and then I would just take a deep breath and say you know what I'm okay today I'm okay I mean I literally I literally was made broke I literally was had everything taken from me I literally when I you know, when I got sent to Rikers Island, one of the most violent prisons in New York, I had to check in homeless because the only thing that I had was I had all my stuff in storage. I didn't even have an address. And I mean, you know, when, you, when you're when you sitting there at that point just in disbelief where you're like, I can't believe that this is happening. I still was literally in a situation where even during that time, I generated stuff that helped other people. I actually wrote, because as you know, I'm also a best-selling author, I actually wrote while I was incarcerated. And we were able to get what I was writing out to an inner circle of people that kept growing because people asked to be a part of that circle um, because somebody would pass something that I was writing. And I still, Andrew, I can tell you, I still run into people who are friends of mine who are part of that circle, who say things about what I had written at that time and how much it moved them, how much it inspired them in their lives, and how much even today it's still making a difference for them. So the thing is, I really always listen to people about what's happening to them. And then I always ask them, You know, one of the things to consider is what can you do to help somebody else right now? I know that you have all these things going on and I know that you're in this place. There's something that happens when you decide, you know what, I'm going to do something that's bigger than me. I'm going to figure out a way to help somebody else do something just for a moment to help them. Because when you do that, you're able to make a difference for someone else. And it also reminds you of what it is that you're capable of doing. And sometimes for us as human beings, just because we're human beings, that little reminder can become a huge chunk that can propel you forward towards that which you want. And it really is something that's a very dynamic gift where oftentimes we say, okay, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. The truth is you may be giving At the same time, you may not necessarily be aware of what it is that you're receiving. And you're actually receiving things that reconfirm who you are. And more than that, they confirm what it is that you're capable of. And when you get that reminder, it's incredibly inspiring for you. And it can ignite something inside your soul and inside your being to be able to do things that most people would say are impossible. And a lot of the things that I did during that time, really a lot of, so many people have told me and continue to tell me as they learn about my story, I never could have survived that. I never could have done that. I never could. There's no way I could have gone through that situation the way that you did. That's and, how
0: I felt when I read about it, because, you know, I, you know, I met you before that one of was I guess you could say it was brewing and when I read your story, I was like, "Oh my, how did she get through that?" And and it sounds like you've come out of it stronger, wiser, and uh, more inspiring than you were before.
1: Well, I really appreciate that, Andrew. And it's—I'll tell you—it's something that I wouldn't wish on anybody. And from my standpoint, if I if I take the situation that I lived through and I continue to perceive it as a gift, then it's got to be something that I can share with other people. And it is something that I've begun speaking about um, to groups of people because um, people sit there and they just just can't imagine how they would do it. And I learned so much during that time period, actually, where there were things that I'm now able to teach. I'll give you a really quick nugget. It's really a good one. It's one of my favorite things. There was this woman that was in the area that I was housed in. and She was extremely irritating to the point where she was always extremely loud and she would always make sure to walk in the area where I was sleeping. And always, and I mean always. Mm. So she was extremely irritating. And I turned to my bunkmate. In that in that section and I said you know what and she knew that she she was very irri- she was very irritating to a lot of people <laughs> I said to her you know what I said I'm gonna find something to like about her I said I don't know what it's gonna be but I'm gonna figure it out and she started laughing at me and she said Jen there's nothing to like about that woman <laughs> and I said well you know just hold on I'll figure it out and sure enough three weeks later I actually figured out what it was, believe it or not. I turned to her and when, when you're actually in the incarceration system, you have to line up a lot. And it, even though it sounds uh, very childish, it's a very fascinating thing to watch people try to get a line of adult women to line up. And I'm sure it's the same thing um, for men, but I, I don't know that much about Is that. Is it area. like
0: getting ducks in a row?
1: Oh, it's, it's probably worse than getting school children to line up. It's, it's fascinating. And the one thing that I noticed on this particular day when we were being asked to line up for something was I actually got struck by this woman's posture. And I noticed how straight she stood, how, her, how she was incredibly up and down. She was just absolutely perfect in her posture. And so I turned to my bunkmate while we were standing there and I said, I figured out what it is. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, you know that woman? I said, I figured out what I like about her. She said, what is it? I got to know what it is. (laughs) And I said, it's her posture. I said, if I could have perfect posture like her, my body would probably be in better health. And she looked at me and she said, oh, my God. She said, how did you figure that out? And I said, well, I've been watching her trying to figure out something I could like about her. And it was really challenging. But I did it. I actually found something that I liked about her. And one of the things that I teach when I'm actually speaking to groups about this experience is that you may have someone that's irritating in your life. You don't need to be exposed to the jail system. I mean, most people, what they do is they create their own prisons for themselves. You know, you don't need some, you know, experience in a government facility to feel that. For a lot of people, they feel that all on their own. And the thing that I say, you know, in this particular illustration, is that if you have someone that's irritating you, that's in your environment or in your family or in your friends or business people, one of the things that I always suggest is, first and foremost, what is it about them that you like? Find something about them to like it will probably influence your perspective of them. And if it's someone that you can choose to be around less, then it's, again, back to your choice of what are you going to do with your absolute assets, your time and your energy, and are you really going to spend it with them?
0: Did you, By the way, did you ever acknowledge that woman for that aspect of her, or did you not speak to her at all?
1: I did. One day I actually said, you know, you've got great posture. And it shocked her, <laughs> and she did say thank you. Uh, and she didn't know what else to say. But I can tell you, after I did tell her that, she actually stopped irritating me, and she also stopped coming into my space so much.
0: <laughs> so you disarmed her, as I say.
1: Exactly. I complimented her, and I acknowledged her for being for just being herself. I mean, she wasn't doing anything spectacular. She was really just being herself, but it was something so i 'll call it subtle that I happened to take note of, and it was something she could actually be proud of just for being herself she was that, that was just the way that she stood and it really suddenly made a difference in perhaps the way she perceived me also and suddenly things changed, and that you know that's what I suggest to people is that. Oftentimes, it may be some of the simplest ways that are the best ways. I think as human beings, we tend to want to complicate because we think that it's got to be harder than this (laughs) to solve a particular situation or problem or challenge that we're facing. And oftentimes, to me, the simple steps are the easier ones. Oftentimes, they're much more manageable. They usually take less time and energy because they are so simple. And the other thing that I always talk about, Andrew, is I always talk about transparency. You know, I didn't keep it a secret what was happening to me. I told my friends. I told my family. I told everybody that I was working with that this was happening. I didn't know what was going to happen to me next. But I certainly was upfront and honest and basically if I needed something, I, had, I was actually put in a situation where I really learned the value truly of transparency and really talking to people about what it was that I needed because I really got to the point where I actually could not figure out how I was going to eat. And I, that's why when I say to people, you really got to know how to keep that roof over your head and how you're going to eat. I was literally at a point where I had to figure out because they had they had made me so broke in this situation that I literally couldn't figure out how to eat because I didn't have the money, mm. and for me, it was so complicated what was what the situation that that was created for me that I was living through. I literally was in a situation where I had to figure out how to feed myself and my cat, and be able to make this possible with nothing. And it was, it was literally to the point where I was, I was living in a location where the only way that I could get to a grocery store was a 45-minute walk one way. And for me, I, would, I had a grocery store in three different directions that all were the same diff, distance. So what I would do with whatever money that I got, which was very minimal, I actually would sit there, and you talk about strategy and planning. Let me tell you, I would sit there for, like, a couple of hours, and I'd never done this before in my life. And I I would literally go through all the circulars that were delivered to where I was staying, and I would figure out what to do after I had spent, like, if I had $20, I would figure out after half of that would go to feeding my cat, how was I going to leverage $10 at three different grocery stores based on the sale items? And how was I going to eat? And how was I going to get to all of them? Because I was going to literally have a 90-minute round trip just walking without the time it was going to take me to shop in the store.
0: (laughs) I guess that also took care of your uh, exercise program at the same time.
1: It did. It became. Andrew, it actually became my physical health program, <laughs> was walking to these stores. I mean, it was hysterical. And that's what I mean by your absolute assets. Nobody can take your time and energy away from you but you. So if you actually figure out, even under the worst circumstances imaginable, how are you going to make that work for you? You know, how are you going to make it so that it can support you in ways that most people would never be able to imagine? When you're able to do that, let me tell you something. As an entrepreneur in your business, you're taking on the risk of being a business owner, and that's your job. But you know what? It's really fun because you are the person that gets to decide what are you going to do with your business, what are you going to do with your passion, How are you going to make it serve somebody else in a way that's meaningful and makes a difference? And all at the same time, how are you going to make it so that it feeds you, it clothes you, it keeps your roof over your head and supports the lifestyle that you want to live? There are so many people who can't figure out how to make those two things match. And I can tell you, I also have entrepreneurial friends who have been through some of the worst things. I had a friend of mine who had an amazing business that he had built over a few years. And then he actually had someone who was supposed to buy him out and ended up stealing his company from him and didn't follow through on their end. And it was just mind-boggling for us. And for 18 months, he and his family were struggling terribly to the point where their teenage son was working after high school in a grocery store, and providing the family with food. I mean, when you think about it, you know, all of these things that we do as business owners, we actually, it's our responsibility to more than survive. It's our responsibility to thrive. And when you're running your business in a way that includes innovation and creative thinking, along with the strategies and the tactics that you need, so that your business can really serve at the level that you intended it to, I can tell you how big a difference and also how big a legacy you leave because the people that you serve will always remember the role that you played in what, you, in what they're doing. And everybody doesn't have the same skill. So one person that I met as a business owner in one of my earlier careers really said it best, and I really love this quote, He said, you know what, as entrepreneurs and business owners, we're all out here alone together. Think about that. We're all out here alone Mm. together. We've got to help each other. If we don't work with each other, then most people's businesses won't work.
0: Absolutely. Jennifer, one of the things I really uh, heard from you in the last five minutes was a lot of ingenuity. Ingenuity. That's you know, my business name, by the way, is Ingenuity Coaching. Oh, beautiful! And I often think of, uh, you know, one of the one of the places that that that, that comes to my mind. I don't know if you ever so, uh, ever seen the show, the show MacGyver.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And MacGyver is this guy who, when the chips are down and there's absolutely nothing, he has nothing to to work with, and finding the most ordinary items and using them to save the day just because by letting his mind open up to what's what's possible with what he has right now which is what you did in that situation with the three stores and the 45-minute walks and was able to turn that around for you That was I'll a very much a moment
1: that's perfect you know it's a perfect description and one of the things I really always loved about MacGyver was that it always was really fun to figure out, to actually watch him figure out what he was going to do because you never really knew what he was going to end up doing, but it was so cool when he did it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I once had a moment uh, a few years ago when I, I was I had a hot shower running and i the door to my bathroom the the inside door the doorknob popped out and i was stuck in this very very hot room <laughs> with like, uh, no way to get out and there was nobody there and i was thinking to myself what would macgyver do <laughs> and oh, i'm looking around and i see a toothbrush and i hmm and i used the toothbrush as a spindle to open up the door
1: that's great
0: cuz that's what macgyver would have done <laughs> absolutely um, wh- now, right now one of the things that occurred to me is you know, we're getting to the end of the year the holidays are about to start we're going through that period of time when people start saying to you yeah after the holidays um, Yeah, the holidays are coming up um, yeah I can't right now so we have that kind of mindset that I hear from a lot of people you know what I'm talking about right mm-hmm. and That's- we're we're getting to we're looking to two thousand and ten. What can people do right now rather than wait that's That's really what I want to ask you about.
1: Well, the thing is you know for a lot of people, what they really need to understand is that if you were working in corporate America right at this moment mm-hmm. in October and November, what corporate America companies do is they do strategic planning for the next year. So by the time they leave for Thanksgiving holiday and they get into the holiday season and the holiday spirit, if you will, what happens for them is instantly they know exactly what they're going to be doing on January 1st for their business. And what they focus on in December is tying up this year's business because what they're doing is they're executing their plan that they had for the fourth quarter. And they know exactly what's going to happen for them through the rest of the year because of their strategic planning. Now, one of the things that I always say to business owners and and people who are stuck that come to me as clients, what I always explain to them is that October and November are the times to be planning your approach to next year. And if you're not doing that, this is the time that you should be thinking while you're listening to this program or the replay of this program am I really ready to kick off January 1st with what I know I want to be doing next year? So, for example, let me give you some specific activities, Andrew, really quickly, that the listeners in this program can think about. One of the first things to do is figure out for yourself, start thinking, what are the things that you want to be doing one year from now? It's almost like creating a eulogy for a year out for your business saying you know what at the end of next year I will have done these four things well if you know that those are the four things that you want to do then what you want to be able to do is figure out okay what is it that I'm going to need to do during the year because we're sitting in November right a year from now will be November 2010 so you would basically have accomplished most of whatever it is that you want to do next year Figure out what it is that you need to be doing so that by the time you get to January 1st, you're able to do it. You're able to start right away. You don't lose any of that precious time and energy that you have for the year figuring out what to do. You can go right off the starting block as soon as you come back from the holidays with a plan, with an idea of what are the highest and best activities you should be doing right from the start. And you see when you do that, then what you're able to do is really direct your efforts in such a way that makes it possible for you to not feel anything but momentum. Oftentimes it's the stuck feeling that comes from, well, you know what, I'll figure out what I'm going to do later. I just got to figure out how to get through the end of this year. Uh Uh-uh. That's not really the best approach that you can use, and it's certainly not the highest and best use of your time. For Even if it's for an hour a day, figure out and think about what it is that you're going to be doing next year. That's strategic planning and business development. That's where the ingenuity comes together, and that's where the creativity comes in and ignites whatever's going to happen for you, because I can tell you for sure, if you're not thinking about what you're going to be doing next year, your activities that you're planning to do are not necessarily developing right now. Like, I'll give you a great example, Andrew. If you went to a networking meeting tomorrow and you knew that there was something that you wanted to do next year, you may meet someone in that networking environment. And they may not have anything for you to work with right now for the rest of this year. But if you know in three months you want to be able to do something that you could connect with them on, you would be able to talk with them about it tomorrow and say, you know what, next year I'm going to be doing this. I want to take your card and I want to contact you at the beginning of the year after the holidays. Great, I'm really excited about your call. Then you can follow up with them and a quick email and say, hey, it was really great to meet you. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you after the holidays. Hope you have a great season. That's a great way to do it as a highest and best activity. And then you know what, when you come back, and you're in January, you pull that card out, you have a reminder in your calendar, and suddenly you're off to the races with that person. A, you don't have to find them. B, you already have the contact information, and you already know that you're supposed to be following up with them, and they're already expecting you to show up. It's so much easier that way.
0: You know, that actually brings up, you know, you mentioned. Uh, uh, in your actually I mentioned in my introductory view that you do uh, effective networking and right now would be a good time to to offer a couple of good tips that that's a great tip and I think that's that's something that's really lacking for a lot of people also the um idea of you, when you're starting a business a lot of people may be starting their own business or starting by themselves and you mentioned resources, and to me, one of the greatest resources is, is other people, the, uh, the, the resources of being able to find people to come to you that can help you get started or can bring you to different avenues. So what are some of the ideas that you might have in in networking in building resources?
1: Well, there are two things on that front that you really want to be able to do. First of all, you want to be transparent, like I was talking about a little bit earlier tell people, you know what, I'm new in my business. I just opened my business. I'm opening my business and let them know when. And the, thing, the reason why you do that is because what they're going to immediately say is, how can I help? Remember, we're all in this alone together. Mm-hmm. And they know that you're going to need help and resources. So one of the things that you'll find is that there are lots of people who are happy to help you. And it's your job to vet them out. And most people want to work with people who have worked with people that they know. So in order for you to do that, you have to open your mouth and you have to let people know that you're going into business. And it can really be fun because now you're going to meet a lot of people. The other thing to do is get out there. Find the groups, whether, you're, whether you plan to do it online on something as easy as LinkedIn LinkedIn.com is a great professional networking site that's on the internet where you, it's free and you can set up your account and your profile with your new business. And then you can also use the groups that are out on LinkedIn to find other people to network with. If you're a wallflower, LinkedIn is a great way for you to get started because it's online. You don't have to meet people in person right away. And you may never meet people in person. But another great thing that you may find is LinkedIn may lead you to groups that you can meet people who are also on LinkedIn in person. And one of the other things that I would recommend is that you practice speaking about your business. You want to be able to talk to somebody clearly about what it is that you do in your business and what benefits you provide through the services that you're giving. Really hone that message So that you practice it in the mirror. And again, these are really important activities because when you meet somebody, oftentimes I see this in new business owners a lot where they're very shy and they're not really used to talking about themselves or their business because oftentimes they've worked for a corporate company or for somebody else's business. So it's a lot easier to talk about somebody else than it is to talk about yourself for many people. And really, you have to learn how to turn yourself into a town crier. And town criers know two things. They know how to shout it out, and they know how to do it clearly to attract attention. And the thing that you want to be able to do is explain what you do and how you benefit somebody so that they'll take an interest and want to learn more about your business and your service. Just because you're a newbie doesn't mean that people don't want to use you. Your credibility comes from your past experience and your passion. So one of the things to keep in mind is however you perceive yourself is how you're going to talk about yourself to other people. So if you feel like you're behind the eight ball because you're just starting out in your business, I guarantee you the language that you choose subconsciously to talk about yourself is going to reflect that. Conversely, if you have every confidence in the world that you can provide someone with with the service that they need that you're providing and that you're passionate about doing a good job for them they'll probably hire you because they really want somebody who's more like that than somebody who just provides that service for an income
0: right i just thought of a town that if if you don't become a town crier you might become a crier
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely
0: I, I by the way I heard of and we only have a, believe it or not, we only have three minutes left. i was I, just thinking oh, wow. of a quick net, networking tip I heard from a man named Larry Sharp of the Neo Sage Institute. Um and he said that when you go to a networking event and you and you get a card from somebody, ask for another card and say, I may know somebody who else who could use you.
1: Absolutely.
0: So That's it a automatically great. makes That's you great. look you know, it gives you more um um uh worth to that person in their
1: mind it does and also one of the other things that you can do for yourself on the business card front to go along with that is give yourself a general rule and what I mean by that is if you're going to a networking event give yourself a general rule for example that you're not going to leave until you've spoken with five people so that you really put yourself in the position of being a powerful business person who's going to get out there and work with your business and network. When you do that, it forces you to be accountable to yourself and be responsible for your business by talking to five people about what you do and finding out what they do and how you can work together. Then you can employ that strategy with the with asking for a second business card Because you take the step of making sure that you talk to five people. And that can really work for you. I know people who sometimes go to networking meetings and after 5, 10, 25 minutes, they haven't spoken to anybody and they leave. And my my response to that is then why are you investing your time and and energy to go to that meeting if you didn't talk to anybody?
0: (laughs) Well, they probably wanted the chicken wings. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Jennifer Wilcoff, I've got I to thank you so much for being on my show. Uh, you've been an outstanding guest. I've learned quite a lot of new things from you, which is one of my favorite things about doing this show, is learning more about all, all the things that we do here in coaching and what's available. Um, so to contact Jennifer, how do we contact you?
1: contact me one of the easiest ways is to go to my website which is www.jenniferswilkov.com and you can also go to make it to find out more about the program that we've been talking about and if you want to apply you just click the button that says i'm ready let's make it happen and there's an application to fill out right on the site and it requires you to tell me what it is that you're working on i really wish all of your listeners andrew really great fortune And I'm so happy that we're all out here alone together.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Alone Together. That's the name of a great song. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back next week with my guest, Susan Stackpole. Good night, and thank you very much.